0: Hello, friends, and welcome. find myself sitting here on a Friday evening, taking a long, hard look at the news, as I have for the last few years, and finding the deeper thread that weaves beneath it, and trying to um, be able to simplify it and explain it. From the perspective that you've come to know from me in this channel and that is a perspective beyond ego and not including it so that we can understand ourselves individually and how that has been projected collectively and a lot of this has to do with the idea of governance of government of leaders and followers of elite and the rest and what does this all mean without any subjective opinion. Okay, well, if you haven't heard this podcast before, Illuminating sorry, illuminating the disconnect is all about explaining ego within the human species, its use, its misuse and its proliferation within the human species to the point where we now have a subconscious ego within every person and the narrative that happens within our minds is basically the ego talking to itself and keeping us kind of numbed down. And what I mean by that is, if we're ensconced in mind, in thinking, then that will tend to put a filter on the expression of our, what we say as true selves, our heart-based self, our energetic and emotional intelligence, the intelligence that uh, is within everything that runs through everything, that connects everything, and that has even got a foundation for the self-conscious mind and ego that we now seem to express ourselves through a great deal of the time as a human species. This is the human condition. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us imaginative. It's what makes us creative on a mind-based level. It's also what disconnects us more fundamentally than any other species on the planet from a direct experience of life. For better or for worse. And as I've explained before, this just means that when we're so mind-based, we get so narrowly focused in that, that while we look like we're being very productive on one level, there's almost always collateral damage. And this should be obvious in the way I explain this without, you know, Steve even having an opinion about this. I want this to be known as being objective, just the way it is the way we've evolved. So I'm going to give a brief overview, first of all, of what we are. Having evolved as a somewhat complicated life form that at one point developed a very, very sophisticated self-conscious mind. And the way I like to describe this is that, you know, with other species, they all have a known environment. And if they live outside those parameters, They can't survive they're doomed if their climate changes if their environment changes if their food source changes and they can't adapt quickly enough then evolution can't happen quickly enough to answer the question of survival with humans at some point in our past i'm 100 percent convinced that we had evolved to a point where we started using our environment around us in a more sophisticated way and then we were faced with a challenge and instead of being able to biologically adapt we adapted in our mind and what we did was quick thinking we learned somehow to while being still in our physical location be able to think our way out of the situation thinking being just combining information within our mind in order to come up with another idea So in other words, we would have looked at our environment and made something out of it to protect ourselves, to store food, to eat. We would have found some way of perhaps getting away from imminent danger by traveling faster than usual, you know, constructing something, getting onto the water, sliding down a hill on something. Again, I don't know exactly what happened. This likely happened millennia ago. But it seems plainfully obvious to me Plainly, plainly, that this is what had to have happened was an internal mental evolution, different than the long-term physical evolution that has led to adaptations and the, the variety of species that species, I can sure speak tonight, species that exist on our planet. And all at once this is fascinating because in some way our thinking saved us. Uh, the evidence is that we're here. We wouldn't be here perhaps if our thinking hadn't been able to adapt quickly and correspondingly our brain growing by literally having to have more information connect more quickly in order to do this thing called thinking. Now what happened at the exact same time? Because our mind started thinking unto itself, inside of itself, and inventorying the world around as information so that we could use it, and then think about it, at the exact same time, we became a piece of that information. Our mind was capable of inventorying us so that we could be part of the equation in the thinking so that as we were thinking, we'd know what's in it for us. How do I survive? And that's when the notion of I, in that sense, in the ego-based human sense, would have been born. And again, this is utterly fascinating. I haven't heard anybody describe it this way. And I've been pondering this for seven, eight years since my experience. And I've been pondering it and contemplating it in relation to all the things that humans have been and done that we know of through recorded history. And it applies everywhere. And it makes rational sense. Because we are the only species on the planet that can live pretty much anywhere on the planet. By species, I mean life form, not bacteria, not uh, simple celled organisms and whatnot. There's very few other species that you could just plunk them down anywhere and they'd either survive or figure out how to survive based on the ability to think. And again, I am utterly impressed with that. And yet at the same time, I'm deeply aware that because we can do this, the, the thing about living on the planet is that we can live everywhere on the planet. And yet, is that a good thing? We've adapted to live in places that aren't natural to us. But then what is natural if our mind is able to allow us to? So I'm not caught up in in the word natural, meaning we are only limited by one thing. But I would say there's consequences to us living everywhere on the planet. There's so many of us. We have to ship our food. Well, we don't have to, but we do. We take advantage of our self conscious mind and we've created all these systems and structures. We've created industry. We've created agriculture. We've created food storage. We've created a lot of things to keep track of all the information. And that is what our government systems are, our fiat currency systems are, even our religions are born out of that. You know, further to their, the actual feeling of God, there's this idea of God. And the idea that someone has a closer connection and that you need them in order to experience a fulfilling life through, through them. You know, these are all actually pretty ridiculous notions. If you come fully to your senses, transcend your mind and realize who and what you are. So the what we are is a system. We already were a system prior to this rise of self-conscious mind and ego. Because that's what consciousness has done as life has imagined itself into form by integrating into more complicated beings. Every time there's an evolution, it's the same basic principle as a simple life form. All life needs the same things in order to be a life form. It just gets more complicated and yet it keeps working because the components just keep growing and they grow together. They're working In concert they're working in a community you are nothing but a community of cells and you are also a community within life you need to breathe air you need to take in water you need to take in food you and your environment are inseparable you wouldn't be without your environment yet your environment would be without you what I mean by that is take humans off the planet Earth keeps going life is still life it's just expressed through different life forms And so we are a system, within a system, within a system. All of life, consciousness connecting it all, is one system. It's just subdivided into form, life form, animate, inanimate. And then further to that, varying degrees of complexity of life forms, humans being one of the most complex, especially with regard to our internal development, our mental environment, that can do what I've just described, thinking. And so that makes us a separate life form in that we have that self-consciousness and that ego, and we have that system that no other life form has. And how this is going to wrap back into what I started talking about with the idea of governance is that our ego has become the governor of the human system in a very deep and profound way. Now, it doesn't mean that we're all hugely selfish and egocentric only thinking about ourselves all the time we actually couldn't be we wouldn't be able to survive as a species if everyone was acting that way but it's become a very subtle subconscious program within the human species and thus it's become the governor and again i'll get back to the example of us living everywhere on the planet most a lot of humans and a lot of people i actually really respect and follow scientists psychologists philosophers talk about humans as being the epitome of intelligence, not only on Earth, but perhaps in the universe, as if we know that, because of the capacity of our self-conscious mind, and that there is an expression of ego, giving us a self-entitled right to do all the things we've done up to this point, to you know, have the authority to have dominion over other life, to have the authority to live anywhere on the planet, to disrupt other ecological systems in favor of our short-term gains. And yes, they are short-term gains. We've only really exploded on the planet in the last few thousand years, whereas other life has been here for billions of years, coming and going. And again, no judgment. This is just an interesting story to me. But it stops me interesting when I realize that through this subconscious ego entitlement of the entire species, kind of innately believing humans are better, more worthy, more deserving, that when it comes right down to it, our welfare... Is superior to that of other species you know on an instinctual level we have the right to survive 100% but with the ego governing our system what's surviving now isn't just our physical form it's the idea of a superiority and nothing could be more egotistical than that and so with all humans on the planet having a subconscious ego so subconscious that as I speak, I know a lot of people are listening to this and going, no, no, not me. I'm a nice person. I'm compassionate. I do my best. And I'm sure we all do within what we know. But this is why I have this podcast. This is why I'm speaking. Most of us don't know what we are. We really don't. Because, of course, it's not taught. Because um, the ego wouldn't want us knowing what we are. And yet I'm speaking to you from beyond that perspective which is why, to me, it's plainly obvious what we are and what we've been doing with it. Because what is happening within the human species is the ego has made itself elite within you. You know, it's as if you're thinking, is you? And if you reflect on that for a minute, you know, if I was to ask you who you are, your mind would probably start, buzzing and rattling and trying to come up with adjectives and words and descriptions of what you are and who you are and justifying it. Whereas I know none of us need anything from our mind to actually understand what we are and who we are. I've realized that. Many have realized that. A lot of people have some semblance of a balance of that. And yet the mind almost always still leads the way. And so it has that entitlement, which in turn entitles us and has become our governor in a very real way. So when I say things like elect to govern yourself, I'm talking about getting to a deeper understanding of who and what you are, mostly what you are, because the who is innate. No one needs to tell you who you are. You are who you are. Thinking about it is almost pointless, honestly. But knowing what you are will actually free you up to go to a deeper level, to take yourself outside of yourself and... Add a level of humility, perspective, and wonder at what you are. And then you will govern yourself. By you, I mean the entirety of you. Because you are more than your thinking. You are more than your mind. You are more than Rene Descartes saying, I think, therefore I am. Because it should be, I am, therefore I can think. And I would add to that, but I don't always have to. Just because we have this powerful mind, which has engaged and which has solved our problems and created new ones for millennia, doesn't mean it has to be front and center. That's all. Knowing what you are simply allows you to use the tool that is your mind when it's necessary. We've lost the ability, however, to ask, when is it necessary? Just because I can think and do and create something, does that mean I should? The other parameter that could be coming into question is, well, how does this impact others, other life, other life forms? How does this impact the future of this species and perhaps other species around? That, to me, is the fundamental question with regards to putting into perspective what we are and identifying ourselves as having lived as an ego-based species not just a self-conscious mind-based species for for a very long time and the corollary to that is that all the systems and structures that are born of our self-conscious and ego mind have an ego base to them because as i started off talking about i pay a lot of attention to the news and the last few years the last two years have been insane within the species as we are so wrapped up in everything I'm talking about. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking sides. I truly have no side in this, except what you might call the truth and what you might um, call compassion, connection, and the greater good. And the ego does not have the greater good in mind. It never has because it can't see the greater good. That's not its, its, its point. But what I'm trying to pinpoint here is that the systems and structures that are born of ego are the ego personified in collective action governments leaders industry the entitlement of the individual to do whatever they want because that's a fundamental human right you know apparently you know leaders and billionaires and governments can go to war can have industry that you know doesn't obey the very laws that others do that have been made by ego because this is all the ego just playing with itself and talking to itself on, on that level. And I'm going to say it takes advantage of the rest of you, the good nature of the human being. Look at how many people, how many of you listening might have anxiety, a level of depression, a level of struggle that is completely mind-based. It's nothing to do with who you are It's very little to do with, you know, what a nice creature you are on this earth. It's to do with the mental struggle of where you fit within the systems that the ego has created on this planet. And you're trying to be yourself, which is beyond ego, and yet the structures are demanding that you keep living within the structures. So again, what we may call the elite on this planet, people, a very small percent, which I'm going to say is the very, very, very epitome of ego, of disconnect from compassion, of disconnect from the bigger picture, a hyper focus on things the ego has created, like power structures, like monetary structures, which are again very power and ego based. And that's a discussion for another day. I know a lot of people aren't going to understand that, but it is what it is. And it's obvious that if you follow what's going on in the news and how much certain people are pushing for certain things, you know, certain restrictions on expression, certain restrictions on being, what they're really pushing back on is humanity. And humanity includes the whole of you. It includes your heart. It includes your empathy. It includes your compassion. It includes you putting yourself first, but only in relation to your community, not in a selfish way. Whereas the ego puts itself and you along with it first in a selfish way, as evidenced by... The last few years, um, the, there's, a, there's a very direct imbalance in what's happened in society with regards to certain people gaining and a lot of people suffering. More people suffering perhaps than ever on the planet. And yet the ego will continually say words as if those words are feelings. And yet they aren't because I've described this in previous podcasts, but you people The world in general is information to your mind. It literally is information. Your ego, because it is within your mind, is not a feeling being. It's not a feeling part of you. It's not like your finger, which you can touch something and feel that thing. Or if you smash your finger, you'll feel it because that doesn't need any thinking. It's a direct part of you. It's a real part of you. Whereas the ego, while it is real, it is there. It is within your mind left to its own devices, if it was disconnected from you, your brain and an ego wouldn't have any of the same feeling of connectedness with the world around. If you want some evidence on this, look into the HeartMath Institute, where they talk about the energetic and connective vibrations of the heart being 40 times stronger than that of the mind. And I know that through having had feelings, premonitions, of being in a situation, of knowing someone is... You know, good to be around versus I need to be wary of them without even speaking any words. You know, these are the senses that have been lost and um, dumbed down within us just because the mind is busy more of the time. It's a direct correlation. And again, this is anxiety, depression. This is, these are feelings within us that are depressed, you know, pushed down in relation to how much we are within our mind thinking. And a lot of us are within our mind thinking a lot of the time, which was my struggle, which is why I'm here talking to you, which is why I spent years learning what we are and then transcending it. And then through some practice and perhaps a stroke of luck, actually letting it all go in 2014 to the point where, you know, my mind is my own. It doesn't think when I don't want it to. And yet it's very powerful and productive when I do want to put it to good use. But it's not going to do anything that my entire being doesn't want it to do based on a bigger awareness. I won't do something just for me. I won't do something if I know it's going to harm someone else. And of course I can't know all that because we live in such a complicated world, which is why I live a more simple life. So there's less chance of an accidental amount of collateral damage caused simply through me existing within these systems and structures the ego has created. And I forgive myself that because I am doing my best. And I know a lot of other people are too, but they haven't yet learned to let go. They haven't learned to govern themselves. They haven't learned that you are elite just by being without having to think about it, without having to think so much, without having to be ensconced in it. Because you don't understand the system that you truly are. You are an architect, an engineer, a chemist, an astrologer, an astronomer. You are all these things in one prior to thought. And how do I know? Because from the day you were born till you were a couple years old, you were living, breathing, existing, learning without having a previous thought pattern, without having any previous identity. You didn't even have to have a name to start learning. But because we're human, we're endowed with this self-conscious mind and this ego that goes with it, They are hand in hand. They are tied together, which is why it's so hard and it's been a lot of work to extract one from the other. But once you know this, you won't unknow it because it feels too good to be true and to serve yourself and the bigger system and to not want to do anything which will cause that collateral damage which comes with ego. And we've been doing this as a species for a long time, which is why it's so hard. That portion of ego is subconscious. It's a pattern. It's been going on for a long time. When there wasn't many of us, it didn't seem like it was doing much. But since we've exploded, since the ego got so excited and started leading the way more by, you know, kind of cheerleading for itself in the name of progress, in the name of technology, in the name of industry, it's literally just been the the ego keeping itself busy and then, having, you know, seen what it would what it calls success, and then building upon it, it just keeps going and going and going. And there's no end to sight. There's no end in sight to what the human mind can gather for as information and then and then um, rework it and spill it into something else. This is what technology is all about, it, what industry is all about. This is what the explosion into AI is all about. This is what exploring space is all about as if here and now isn't enough, which of course it is because it's the only reality there ever will be. It's just that as humans, if we don't watch our mind, it's going to just keep going. It's going to convince us that thinking and thinking of the next thing will be the next best thing. The solution is always down the road for the mind. There's always more progress and there always will be. And me telling you this and a bunch of us realizing it isn't going to stop that march in its tracks because there's 8 billion of us on the planet and a lot of people buy into all the systems that are here because they are here. It looks like they work. And I can't argue that they don't work. They do work. There's just a hell of a lot of collateral damage. Overthinking has led to depression on the planet unlike any other species experiences. That's not a good thing. All of our amazing things with agriculture with progress with modern society with building cities with living you know in close quarters and yet still being able to have access to food and water and having you know good hygiene things that do actually lead to the average human having the capacity to live a moderately good life those are all what seems to be really good things because they are but how many people live that the entirety of their life up until old age. Fewer and fewer. To the point where I'm I'm making it a running joke that my bucket list consists of one thing. Die of natural causes. Because that's getting to be rarer and rarer. Why? Because as a side effect of us living all over the planet, shipping things, adding chemicals, adding pollutants, we may think we have achieved a certain longevity, but there's a price to pay to it. I read somewhere that 70% of Americans, perhaps North Americans, are on some kind of medication or have a chronic health condition and that's egregious that's the price to pay now some would probably say well oh, okay and that's the ego talking because the ego doesn't really care because the ego's concerned about itself you know i have friends through this past two years you know this world event people i i know people i like you know defending a lot of the practices of the elites, the governments and whatnot, because they're living comfortably within the system. The system that allowed them to live that comfortably is the one that they listen to the most, and that's a subconscious thing. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. (laughs) I'm convinced that when Jesus said that, that's kind of what he was talking about, was, you know, when people are speaking just from their mind without actually stopping and really thinking, and I mean whole body thinking, using all of your intelligence, combining your mind's awareness of the world around you with your feeling about the people and the life in the world around you, when you're just using mind, then you you really don't know what you're doing on a big scale. And then you're being governed by something outside of yourself. You're allowing it. And if the ego is speaking through you and for you, it's just going to perpetuate. And for a lot of people. A lot of humanity this is an ignorant thing i'm not saying that's negative i'm just saying this is this is the the human condition has become blissfully ignorant of what we are and that we are more than we're expressing right now because we could with all the information we have about the world around us we could use that self-conscious mind and if we diminished and lessened the ego part of it wow we would experience a paradigm shift in this species whereby we wouldn't be so concerned about keeping track of numbers of people on the planet, of how much we have achieved, progressed, how much wealth we have in the material sense. You know, what's the point of having billions of dollars if you're not going to help people with it? In my books, the point is not to have it. I would never have billions of dollars personally. I can't imagine having excess without helping other life around me with it. I can't even fathom that idea for a moment. If someone was to give me a billion dollars tomorrow, I would use it as fast as I can just to help. And that's innate to me because I'm not speaking from my mind. I have no needs beyond eating, sleeping, connecting, enjoying my life, which is quite simple. Because it's only the mind that needs and wants and keeps us engaged in that constant search for more so that we can keep feeling a certain way about ourselves. Cause here's the other part of what we are. We either feel directly from our senses, what life is all about in and around us, or we get our feelings from our thoughts. If our ego, if our mind, you know, figures something out, has an idea, accomplishes something, sets a goal, achieves it. Then we feel good about ourselves, irregardless of whether or not us having achieved that goal came at the expense of others, other life, other people. And again, we're entitled to think that's okay because the systems, the structures, are already there, so they must be—they must be okay, it must be good. Well, the answer is beyond the systems, and I'm not saying take the systems down. I'm saying the systems build themselves once they have the proper infrastructure, and the proper infrastructure, or better words, are the the better infrastructure, is a more holistic you, because if we live engage through ego, it's a top-down proposition. What I mean is, literally, if our ego, our mind, the top part of us, the part that you may identify with as you, when people say, who are you? If that runs everything, then we are at the mercy of that and any collateral damage. So anything that happens to our body that we have to take care of any of our ill health, we accept it because the answer we also accept as coming from our mind. So as an example, agriculture, pesticides, we create these systems for 40, 50 years, 60 years, we've had these systems and now a lot of our population suffers side effects from that, myself included. Heavy metal toxicity from mercury fillings, having been, having eaten government and mind-approved things um, scientifically, which means mind-based pr- things, food, Which has been put out there as being safe for consumption in society those are the only things that have led to negative health consequences for me and i'm sure for a huge amount of the population too much sugar too many chemicals too much glyphosate too much thing of anything that the body was never meant to deal with on a long-term basis leads to side effects but the ego steps in and explains it and says oh without saying it caused the problem it offers remedies and of course the ego benefits So the system that creates problems is the system that benefits from problems. And that's the top-down approach. It's never-ending. Now here's the holistic approach, the inside-out approach, or a bottoms-up approach. Have a look at your body. Your body is a system. You are cells. You are cells within cells. You know, there are organisms living on and in and through your body in your stomach that are helping your cells do what they do all the time. Without you having to think, your body is amazingly, complexly and simply doing the job of being you, of repairing, of healing, of living as a human organism on the planet. That's an inside-out approach. Without your mind doing anything, you are already working, and you're working quite well. Now, when your mind is engaged, you can do other things. We can use the world around us in interesting ways. We can imagine, we can create, we can make music, we can write, we can talk, we can sing, we can make words. These are all very interesting and fascinating things. Now, when we do something that turns the corner with ego and becomes selfish, it's still an interesting thing, but there's a consequence. And that's the collateral damage that I keep speaking of, that we're ignorant of as a species. And that's the top-down approach. Now, if we project our individual limitations out into society if we are each looking at the world around through that subconscious ego and we're not taking care of ourselves fully and responsibly then the systems that have grown out of ego are going to be there to help fill in the gaps of what we think we can't do for ourselves these are the governing systems that have to manage so many people on the planet But would they have to be so big, these systems? I'm not saying they don't have to be there, but would they have to be so big if each of us actually took more responsibility for ourselves in the first place? Probably not. And I'm going to use myself as an example because I can attest that as a very simple person, I love my life and being in this world and here and now so much that things I thought I wanted to do in the past, you know, travel the world, go see the pyramids, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't feel the need to do those things anymore at all because they're not going to answer any question I haven't already answered just by knowing who and what I am and engaging with the people around me and enjoying them and enjoying life and being in wonder and in awe of nature every single day. Every time the sun comes up, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Every time my body heals and it heals quickly because I'm in tune with it, I'm amazed Every time I connect with another human being, I'm amazed. And so the system, the entirety of the system grows out of healthy components. The more of you that's healthy, the more your overall feeling of being will be healthy. If more people in society took personal responsibility for themselves, their health, their well-being, their direction in life, their expression, and looked after one another on that level, allowing others to do the same, and then keeping an eye that we kept an eye on each other, then any governance that grew out of that would be more cooperative. It wouldn't be a a hierarchy. There wouldn't be a two-tier. There wouldn't be one group telling another group what to do. It would be communication. It would be discussion. It would be discourse. There would be consultation. It would just be organizing a more complex thing, a bunch of humans as opposed to making rules, laws, telling them what to do. And this is a fundamental paradigm change that a lot of people can't see because we've had these systems for so long. And unfortunately, sometimes these things do go too far. Some people create an opposing idea, and it's still an idea. And that's the problem of anarchy, of, you know, destroying a system and then just seeing what might happen. And that's where we get apocalyptic views of the future where, you know, they talk about if the system collapses, everyone's going to you know, look after themselves and be selfish. Well, if they're egotistical, they will. But if they're not egotistical, they won't. I have more faith in humanity than to think that if you know, something disastrous happened, we'd all be so selfish that we would choose to war within each other rather than help one another for the most part. I still, through all that I know, all that I've seen, all that the last two years has exemplified, I still have faith that we are so hardwired with connection, compassion, that it's actually beyond faith. It's, it's a knowing that we can come to each other's aid and support each other and come up with creative solutions and we can be happy with less. Because as I was alluding to before, happy people don't want much because they're already happy. There's nothing that can add to it when you're already there. You might still travel, you might still create things, you might still have industry, you might still do things, but you will be more tempered in what you do and you might take your time because it's not important to get there fast because you're always here now. So that's how we can go into a deeper sense of knowing who and what we are so that we understand the systems outside of us being what they are because they are nothing but a projection of what we are. It's just a bigger picture of it. And of course, because it's a bigger picture with more minds involved, it's rather chaotic, as you can see from the state of the world right now. There's a lot of people with opposing opinions and viewpoints. And it's interesting. Uh, I may be a little bit more on one side than the other for sure. The one which would cause the least amount of suffering will always be the side I'm on. And I know the long-term picture of that is simply to slow down, to talk about it, but talk about it with caring, with compassion, with trying to understand. When one side isn't even trying to understand the other side, because it's so self-righteous that it feels its entitlement is already right. That's nothing but ego. And that leaves out any possibility of being able to listen with an open mind, because what an open mind really means is that the heart is also involved. If there's no heart involved then that's a lost human being and our systems are lost because they're systems they aren't even human beings even though they're made up of human beings you know government is not a thing unto itself it's not this one person it's just made up of people and it's going to be as healthy or unhealthy as the people within it and how greedy or connected or disconnected they are that's all so i hope you all understand Or try to um, relax as I speak and try and take in the bigger picture and not take it personally. Because the whole point of what I'm talking about is to know what we are. Because when you're in that space, you don't take it personally. You actually just understand it to such a degree that you want to do something about it. You want to know that good feeling of self so that you don't experience anxiety and depression. You don't react angrily and defensively to ideas, but you do get concerned When the ego is getting away with causing so much suffering in the world without it being checked. And the heart is the check within you and within the systems. And I know it feels like we have a long way to go. I'm never going to put a timeline on these things because things can change quickly in any direction, personally and collectively, as we're seeing happen in the world right now. It's interesting times, and I'm sure I'll comment more directly in the very near future as to what is happening and further actions that we can each take to be a part of um, a healthier solution. So I wish you all the best with that. Take care of yourselves and each other. Hello, fellow humans, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this, and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life is helping others help themselves, and it's actually what I know the best, despite all the other things I've studied for and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life, this is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience, if you'd like to support a very simple human, Doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive, and anything over and above that that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening. Uh, there's a uh, donating information there. I also have an account with something called Libra Pay, where you can find me as Steve Lat, or you can send. Uh, a donation through PayPal, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.